my pod peeves. Happy New Year again. This is Historical AF. I'm Natalie. And I'm Kina. We are a historian and a librarian delivering some funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets to your ear holes. And in those holes is, of course, more cult shit, because that's exactly <laughs> what you need. This is episode 38, part dose. Woo! Uh, welcome, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed our last episode with David. He could not make it because he forgot. And he's driving to Denver, so he can't really Skype and drive. We'll have him back. You guys seem to think it was pretty funny. Didn't go to his head at all. (laughs) Jesus Christ, it did. (laughs) His ego can't take any more praise, guys. You gotta gotta calm down. Calm the fuck down. (laughs) What are we sipping? Oh, are you sipping out of your... Out of your glass. Oh, all right, guys. Our Patreon, we did a Secret Santa, and I got a glass that says, let's get slothed, and it has a sloth for my Secret Santa, who is also Natalie. So, yay! <laughs> Thanks, Natalie. I was like, I was excited and kind of disappointed, because I'm like, I know her. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, well, at least I know she'll love it, whatever I get her, because yes. I know her. It was so cool to see everybody get their gifts and how excited yes. everybody was. It, it I was love- just so I love mine. So shout out to uh, Rifat because she had me with, and she bought me watercolor markers. Mm-hmm. So it's like really not messy watercolors. And I don't really, I've never really painted much with water paint. So I'm super excited uh, to get so into funny. those. Everybody and, did such a good job. It, it just, Everybody was just floored by their gifts. So it was really fun. Oh, uh, yeah. So we do a lot of fun stuff on Patreon. I know we're always like join Patreon, but. For real. Like, we Join do Patreon. cool shit. We and give gifts. Yeah, this month we're going to do a uh, starter kit haunted thing. Coming soon, what's actually in it. <laughs> We've had ideas, we just haven't narrowed it down. Because, you know, we're the creative types. So we'll get you your awesome starter kit if you join. Yeah. I'm do- imagining, like, boogie bitch things. Maybe a haunted history of your town. What? I love those books. Oh, I love them so much. All through January, if you are a Patreon already or you join, you can win. Yay. So how was your New Year's? It was good. What did I do? My <laughs> friend Ilya, who is a really cool lady, she is Jamaican. Mm-hmm. Her parents are immigrants from Jamaica and she's from New York. And we met at the library because mm-hmm. she brings her little daughter there. Aww. Anyways, she always, they, her and her husband always do a shindig at their house for New Year's and they invited me. And mm-hmm. so we played Charity Party, which is like apples to apples. Instead of having a, like a phrase, whatever in the middle, you have a chart. Like the one I had was Bernie Sanders on the left of the chart, Ted Cruz on the right. Oh, yikes. <laughs> so it's, it went Bernie. Next was liberal, moderate, conservative, Ted Cruz. And then it would give you some sort of line in the chart. So, and then you put down a phrase that fit whatever the graph looked like. It was fun. It was interesting. It's just kind of like a little bit more thinking to apples to apples or cards against humanity, basically. Oh, that's really cool. We also play code names. I've heard of it, but I never played it before. That was another good one. Oh, I love games. Me too. And then, but I was home before midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I think this is the first New Year's, probably in like three years that Zeke and I were awake. We're a really good time. Yeah, yeah, my New Year's, I married somebody. I mean, not like 
Mary, Mary, but like I officiated a wedding and it was really cool and I only messed up once. Oh yeah, and the sitting down wasn't that it? Yeah. So they had a coordinator, like a lady to push everybody down the aisle, and she was announced to stand, blah blah blah, and they gave me notes for everything, like announce this, announce that, put this in there. I did everything right, except nobody reminded me to tell people to sit down. <laughs> So I'm in my own little world and I'm only looking at Brianna Luciano and you guys know Luciano. He's guested a few times and I didn't notice everybody was standing up until people started laughing and I was like, oh God, what did I do? And then I realized everybody was still standing and old grandma was like, can I sit? <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> That's what makes the wedding a little bit more special though. When yeah. you have little stories like that. I was nervous because Luciano wanted me to do one of his stand up jokes. And I wasn't sure if it would land, but everybody laughed, so it was okay. <laughs> so I was really scared. I'm like, I mean, I'm funny, but I'm not like Luciano funny. But well, it's all timing too. And if you're nervous already on something you've never done before, I can yeah. see that being a little bit hard. I don't think they'll mind if I say it. Like, Brianna's obsessed with penguins. She just loves them so much. And Luciano has oh this really great penguin joke. Sorry, and- I just did a penguin story time yesterday and today. okay continue they wanted me to figure out a way to combine the penguins to this joke so somehow i've known brian my entire life like adult life you know she's blah 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 and she loves penguins and i was like while we were out you know doing life he was nailing a good penguin joke as a stand-up and then i did the joke and try to make it work i liked it it was a good joke i don't know if he wants me to say it on air though so i won't but (laughs) but if he would want to say it he should post a little video on our Patreon. Yes! Okay, yeah. Or I'll get permission to do it for Patreon. Yeah, it was really fun. They did a uh, champagne toast at midnight. And y'all, Mexican weddings are probably the most fun I've ever had. The dances are so fun and so easier to catch up on that they just kind of adopted us. And they're like, you're one of us now. And it was so much fun. <laughs> I just love mm-hmm. it. But I've never been to a wedding where I've seen, like, the entire family dancing. Like, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, like, everybody. Entire family's mm-hmm. up dancing. I, I, I'm, my family's mostly, like, Southern, Southern Baptist. You don't do that at those weddings. So it was just kind of a, it was really cool to experience. It was so much fun. And then on the way back, I went to Waco. And then I did a drive-by of the Branch Davidian. Because <laughs> they charge you. David left that out, that you have to donate to get on. I don't want to give cult members money. So, I passed. But he was right. It's really creepy. It's a bunch of, like, trailers and just, there was, like, cult chickens running around. Just random people. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this isn't what I expected. <laughs> but it was a little eerie. And then we kind of drove and we saw, like, the new church. And then we Google mapped it so we could see where the old church was. And the ruins, like, the pool. You can't really see it from the fence, but. We kind of figured it out. I took some pictures that I'll post. It's been eventful. This is the uh, first recording of 2020 for us. We recorded everything kind of ahead. So, yay. <laughs> it's going good so far. I have high hopes for 2020. Made a lot of resolutions. What's one of your resolutions? Well, mostly the getting healthy. I have been at the gym every day of 2020. It's been three days. <laughs> I was like, it's the third. <laughs> <laughs> but I've done it. That's more than some people can say, probably. Yeah, it's awfully crowded in there, but yeah. Oh, yeah, but wait till the end of the month. Yeah, grinding back into that and just been uh, 
I want to do more art this year because I kind of slacked last year. Mm-hmm. I want to start reading a little bit more. I had to read so much when I was a librarian just because I had to. And then went to grad school and all I read was history stuff. So now I want to just read for fun again. Those are my main ones. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the book chats on our Patreon. I'm sorry I'm talking about Patreon a lot, y'all, but we have really cool little discussions about books. And right now it was the New Year's resolutions, like how many you want to read or do you want to read somewhere like I want to read more nonfiction. What can you recommend? It's just a neat little chat. I like it. Mm-hmm. It was nice. <laughs> we want to jump into Colts Part 2. Most definitely. I guess I'll kick us off because I've got two for y'all today. Two stories. I'm going to say first, let's save the funny for last. So make sure we end up on a lighter <laughs> note. <laughs> yeah, this is a tough one. And be funny. <laughs> this is as funny as we can make it, basically. But so first we'll start with random. And my word of the episode is clothes. Which I think was a good choice because a lot of cults have uniforms. And I found some really crazy ones. I'm going to focus on this one, actually, in New Zealand. But in my diving into Google, I did find there was this one that wore all shades of red, maroon mm-hmm. one. And then I, there's a lot of cults wear all white, which to me, for some reason, wearing all white and everyone wearing all white is kind of creepy. Or I just think you're at a funeral in India or something. <laughs> Yeah, I was looking at photos and there was a lot of white, especially kind of like tunic-y type stuff, like yeah. tunics and pants. Yeah, it's like not a Jedi, lot of that. like cult <laughs> Jedi. I wonder if Jedi is considered a cult. Probably. I consider, don't take offense, anyone, but I consider pretty much all religions and fraternities and sororities like some type of cult, just because you're. I mean, it's fine if you believe it and everything. Just believe it safely, please. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And with sororities and fraternities, there's there's the hazing and I know I know people crack down a lot mm-hmm. on it. But some of the secrecy of it, I'm like, man, this is this is like secret society cultness going on here. Well, I can understand why it's considered we talked about the definition last week, and definition wise it is because they kind of it's this whole thing like they're your family now. You know, mm-hmm. that's your sister. These are the rules. You abide by the rules. You don't do all these other things. It's just very. Uh, although I feel bad that I didn't. I'm not a sorority dropout because of the cult aspect. I'm, I'm a dropout because it was expensive. <laughs> I'm going to drop out because of both. <laughs> yeah. Me and Carrie are like, this is ridiculous, y'all. We can't afford this. So we both quit. But yeah. It, yeah, I definitely. But a lot of religions, you know, the Mormon religion, I've known people that got out and had, like, PTSD from it. So. Or Scientology? Come on. Oh, yeah. Scientology. I wish, I mean, we're going to have to do this again because neither one of us did Scientology. But that would be, like, a whole episode. That should be an episode. <laughs> yeah. Like an entire one. It is wild. I've been loving, I know Leah Remini has been doing a lot of documentaries and going on a lot of talk shows talking about it. But it is wild. Just, and we talked about it with last week too. A lot of the cults, especially Scientology, they make you tell them all your secrets, and that way they can hold it against you. And I guess Scientology does this little machine thing, and you tell your secrets to the machine, but the machine is just recording it. And I'm like, how do you not realize that that your little magnetic take away your bad juju thingy is just recording all your shit for blackmail? 
That's I just don't understand. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, close. Uh-huh. Close. And we're going to focus in New Zealand. Let's see. They are the... Some of these words I'm going to butcher, y'all. Just We're just going out there. All right? Pretty sure we say that every <laughs> single episode. That needs to be on the bingo card. If it's not, words that we butcher. I'm pretty sure it is. I feel like it is. No, it should be. It's a free space. <laughs> Gorevale? Gorevale Christian Community. It sounds like it's a nice little community, but it's like a commune. It's a religious cult that insulates followers from the evil outside world and has defended its practices after a family of 14 fled, declaring that they had been living in a false system. Yep. So basically, this big ass is basically like New Zealand Duggars started their own cult. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're from Arkansas. There's going to be a lot of Duggar references. You just can't get away from it there. <laughs> God, I hate it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, James Cannon walked out on the Gorevale Christian community located in Hopery on New Zealand's West Coast. Suddenly at a weekend, him and his wife of 12 children. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm like, I don't even want one. <laughs> the commune who refused to go into detail about the family's sudden departure hit back at the family's accusations, arguing that it was entirely their choice to leave the commune. Some of this story is about a survivor, someone who, they're not killing people off. Don't get me wrong on that one. But <laughs> someone that did get out of it. And and one, it becomes, it comes as the daughter of Warville's leader, Neville Cooper, spoke out for the first time since leaving the remote community about her struggles to reintegrate into the outside world. I bet. And it was a very hard decision, but... The clothes and the uniforms of this of this cult think like an 1800s maid. They are, oh. yeah, very like or handmaid's tales kind of vibe going oh, on. Yikes! But think blue. So everyone's in blue. They're wearing little bonnets to cover their heads. They have little white collar collars. And they were asked like, "Why blue?" And it was just because everyone looks good in blue. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, I guess. At least they're thinking of people. It's not like bright yellow or gross colors that people cannot pull off. I'm Googling it right now. Yeah. So the commune is now actually huge. It's been going on for 45 years or longer even. Yeah, it was founded in 1969. And it now has 500 members. It was headed by Neville Cooper, known to the families as Hopeful Christian. Mm-hmm. But it was revealed that he was convicted of sexual abuse in 1994 and spent 11 months in jail. Oh. 11 months? Really? That doesn't seem like a whole lot. No. Shady. Yeah. The population of the cult is said to be still flourishing to this day. So this isn't just his- history. It's happening now. Oh, Wow. Despite several large disillusioned families leaving in recent years because there's no birth control, (laughs) one young couple were married after just six weeks of courtship. Their website states that the couple makes vows to God and each other before the church for no preacher can marry them. So basically they stand at a altar and they pronounce their love and that's it. Well, 
So, Kina, you would not be needed. I, I would be out of a job. <laughs> Minister Kina would have no job. <laughs> the marriage procedure is as follows, and that's they go to a private place pleasantly prepared for lovemaking. Ooh, as they no, consummate so their creepy. marriage before God. <laughs> he joins them together in a bond that only death can break. These these are quotes, people. This is a quote. Oh my god. It's like a room that has cameras or secret windows where all the leader people are creeping. Is I don't it? think they're creeping like that, but they are carried on... I, I can't... What is it? There's like pallbearers. There's like four people carrying this little thing and they're laying in it. Oh, kind of like royalty. A little... Yes. I'm completely blanking on what you would call that. But you you guys know what we're talking about, right? Yeah. It's basically a cushion seat and four people are carrying it. Um, Or like a cushioned lawn chair, I should say, because you kind of lay down in it with it a little covered and it's heart-shaped and has mm-hmm. red drapes on it. And you just see them hugging on it. Anyways, they are carrying them to the lovemaking spot. And they'll, I guess they do give them privacy. As far as we know, that's the thing. They're so closed off, we don't really know for sure. Um, yeah. Anyway, so after that's done, they return as a married couple to a wedding feast with the rest of the church. And the cult has several sources of income, which includes dairy farming or deer farming. Gloryville considered home births to be significant events with about 35 babies born each year, according to their website. Oh my god, that's a lot of babies. They'd have to train all the... Somebody would be like a midwife or have somebody come in, I'm assuming. No, oh, yeah, no they have to go full-on school on their oh, facility. okay. Ugh, man. I did look at the uniforms. It looks like a mixture between a French maid and a nun. Exactly. Very wild. Yeah. <laughs> Very uh, not wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I hate it because even the little kids, like, uh, girls have to wear dresses. And so I would be miserable. I Even as a little girl, I hated wearing dresses. Yeah. Hated it. Just a couple more things about this family or this commune. Of course, men work and the women clean. No, no. Uh, men take, yeah. <laughs> men take on farming jobs, multi-million dollar farming sector, while the women oh. cook, clean, teach, and become nurses. They also take on the prime parental role of childcare. In their senior years of high school, girls and boys are taught separate. Mm-hmm. Females learn sewing, cooking, laundry, and childcare, while males learn carpentry, engineering, and farming. I think those are all good skills to learn, but I think everyone should learn them. Especially if they're popping out babies, what, do you, what if you end up with just more girls than boys? Exactly. I mean, I hope they're still learning, like, math and science, too, and history, <clears throat> but probably not. Well, I doubt they even teach history. It's more probably of, like, not. we left those yeah. um, demon outsiders. I don't know. Oh, I have no oh, idea. That's so sad. A quote from them is, our aim is to prepare our own students from our community for a life of practical service, a life of faith within the community. That's one of the, a, a direct oh. quote from their website. Mm. Leadership roles in the community are also made up of only men. Surprise. Oh, obviously, <laughs> of course. Uh, Us women with our feeble minds can't make decisions. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, no, we, we're too busy on the cookings and the cleanings. And the sewings. Can't forget the sewing. They would not want me to sew. I can <laughs> sew basic stuff, but. 
Yeah, that's about it. That's awful. You can definitely tell I've sewed something. <sighs> yeah, it's not good. So don't ask me to stitch your wound, man. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, I'm going to talk about them is no one earns a salary. All money made goes to the leaders and to their community rather than its individuals. All the men and women in our workforce are self-employed, but bound together in a legal partnership that contracts labor to our companies. Individuals have pledged to share their income with our brethren and a common purse, just as they did as an early church did. On a day-to-day basis, there is no need for anyone in the community to handle money because all of our needs are met. Which I kind of see the point of that, I guess. Because if they're providing pretty much everything, then they're just going to buy everything for you. I mean, as long as they're actually using that money to go back into the commune and not, like, buying a Lamborghini with all their farm money, I can Mm -hmm. understand that. I understand it, but then I want my independence, and this is preaching the exact opposite of it. Well, that's part of it. Even if you wanted to get out, like, if there was a part of you that was like, I don't want to live like this anymore, you have no means to get out because you have nothing of your own. So that makes it more difficult. But, okay, listen. So I was talking to my mom about this cult stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then just out of fucking nowhere, she's like, oh, yeah, this one time, this commune tried to talk us into coming and living on the commune. And just having your dad be their doctor. And I was like, wait, what? Why is this the first time I've heard of this? So there was a commune in Henderson, Arkansas. And once a month, they would all come to my dad and get a treatment, which my dad was kind of like a chiropractor, but better, in my opinion. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Anyway, so they'd all show up. And just one day, they'd pay my dad just like a stack of cash. And he would work on everybody. And then they would leave and go back to the commune. And I guess after a while, they were like, why don't you come live on the commune? We'll give you a house. We'll give you everything you need. The only stipulation is you have to be our doctor only. And I guess my dad was like seriously considering it. <laughs> and my mom's like, we're not fucking living in a cult. And I was like, wait, dad was trying to make me be a cult baby? Why didn't nobody ever tell me this? It just seems like a story I should have heard before I was 35. Is that how old I am? I think that's how old I am. Who knows these things? I know. I think that is. Birthdays always throw me off. I'm like, what what year? What what am I? Especially when you just had it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I was shocked because I I knew my dad was in a cult. So my dad's had two experiences with cults. It just blows my mind. Northern Arkansas must be just teeming with them. I never heard of that cult. And also, I guess I don't really think about New Zealand having cults. Yeah, you sing Lord of the Rings, but no. Yeah. The Hobbit. <laughs> true. And the Concords. I, I heard they are uh, casting for a new Hobbit, or not Hobbit, but like Lord of the Rings TV show for, I think, Amazon. Uh, yes. It sounds so good. Yeah. But they're casting and they were asking for extraordinarily hairy men or something. That was like, the that was all they wanted, which was really hairy people. <laughs> <laughs> It just cracked me up. It was on the Colbert show because he's obsessed with Lord of the Rings, and he did a whole he did a whole segment in New Zealand, which it looks like a really cool place. But then as soon as he got back, they started casting. He's like, "Are are you kidding me right now? I was just there. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been in it. It was so funny. (laughs) Uh, I would like to go there, not to the Colts, but to New Zealand." We got. We talked about like what now? We Canada and New Zealand are the two places I wouldn't expect a cult. 
I don't know. I think that's, that was my goal. <laughs> that was my goal. The end. All right. So I had weird. So obviously I went with aliens. <laughs> it's kind of becoming my thing. Um, I went with a pretty well-known one, but it happened in my lifetime. I don't know if it happened in yours. I'll have to. We'll have to get to the date to remember. But it's really dark. So I was going to start out with some alien jokes. <laughs> what do you call a spaceship with a faulty air conditioning unit? Do I even want to know? <laughs> a frying saucer. <laughs> the answer would be no. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about the man who was captured by extraterrestrial teddy bears? Nope. He had a close encounter of the furred kind. I, know. <laughs> I actually asked people on Twitter for alien jokes, and they really came through. It was awesome. <laughs> man, they came through hard. There's, some, there's one at the end, too. Oh, man. From one of my, one of my favorite podcasts. Anyway, <clears throat> alien cults, or as the interwebs calls them, UFO religions or flying <laughs> saucer cults. That is literally what they're called. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Makes my heart happy. I know these are tragic. Not great, but it still giggled a little bit. So, a UFO religion is any religion in which the existence of an extraterrestrial or ET phone home entity that operates heavy machinery like UFOs are central to the belief. Typically, believers of such religions believe that ETs are interested in the welfare of humanity, which either already is or eventually will become part of a pre-existing E.T. civilization. Others may incorporate E.T.s into a more supernatural worldview in which the UFO occupants are more akin to angels than actual aliens. These religions have roots in tropes of early science fiction, especially space operas, I love this so much, and weird <laughs> fiction writings and ufology, and in the subculture of UFO sightings and alien abduction stories. And in case you need to Google space opera, I got you, because space opera is a subgenre of science fiction that often emphasizes romantic, often melodramatic adventures set mainly or entirely in outer space, usually involving conflict between opponents possessing advanced abilities, weapons, and other technology. <laughs> that was a lot of words you just said. <laughs> That's so crazy. Why is this a thing? Good I Lord. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Some devotees to the old aliens believe that the arrival or rediscovery of alien civilizations, technologies, and spirituality will enable humans to overcome current ecological, spiritual, and social problems. Issues such as hatred, war, bigotry, poverty, and so on are said to be resolvable through the use of superior alien technology and spiritual abilities. Because they're like, the world's going to shit. Come on, aliens. <laughs> it's like that meme a long time ago where that comment went by and people are like, it looked like an alien spaceship. And then the meme was the alien locking the doors when they passed her. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I ain't going, I ain't stopping. Yep, no. Roll up. Yes, that's exactly what I think happened. It appears that these UFO religions developed first in the U.S. because, of course, it did along with Canada, France, and the UK, and surprisingly, Japan. That one shocked me. <laughs> U.S. didn't shock me at all, but yeah. Japan did. Presumably because these societies were advanced enough technologically to conceive of an ET, which 
I call bullshit because a lot of other countries were advanced along with us. But yeah, they probably cling to this bullshit. Anyway, Christopher Hugh Partridge writes in his UFO religions that in 1947, Roswell's UFO incident was a key point in time within UFO spirituality, commenting, Roswell is now firmly established as what might be described as the key ufological, I don't think that's a real word, spiritual type. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're just making stuff up now. <laughs> just- Probably. And then Stephen Hunt, who wrote Alternative Religions, a sociological introduction, describes the, oh God, I didn't look this up, a serious society founded Perfect. by George King in 1955 as probably the first and probably the most enduring UFO cult. And he places the society and realism among the most renowned of the flying saucer cults. Writing in the Encyclopedia of Religion and Society, contributors Melanie Gamble and Stephen Kent also placed the Aetherius Society and Unarius, which I thought that was like Uranus, but it's not, as among the oldest and most studied of all the flying saucer cults. And then they continue to describe groups like Heaven's Gate and the Order of the Solar Temple as the most controversial groups combining UFO beliefs with a variation of other assertions, which I can only wildly speculate that the aliens flew by yelling get in loser we're gonna go do butt stuff because probing <laughs> gross <laughs> finally gregory greg gregory 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 i love that <laughs> gregory Gro did it again gregory l gregory s i can read gregory no that should l. just be the name obviously <laughs> gregory gregory l reese that that's it Classes Scientology as a UFO group in his book, UFO Religion, Inside Flying Saucer Cults and Culture, and then discusses the elements of the Xenu cosmology and space opera in Scientology doctrine. So yes, that space opera, opera thing I talked about, that's what Scientology is based on. <laughs> I really doubt anybody that believes in Scientology would ever listen to our podcast, but if you do, you endanger, girl. You need to get out. <laughs> like, uh, that's why I'm like, anything we say about these cults, they're not going to listen to us. That's true. Uh, a lot of times they don't even have access to technology. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, we good. He also, <laughs> he also compares Scientology to the Aetherius Society and to the Ashtar Command, writing, quote, while it bears strong similarities to the Ashtar Command or the Aetherius Society, its emphasis upon the Xenu event as the central message of the group seems to place them within the ancient astronaut tradition. <sighs> I wish none of this was real, but it really is. <laughs> Either way, Scientology is perhaps most different from the UFO groups in their attempt to keep all of the space opera stuff under wraps. So they're really big into it, but they try to act like they're legit. Mm. Anywho. Now that we know what a UFO cult is, let's talk about a famous example. So, Strap into your flying saucer. Heaven's Gate! We're going to talk about that one. Do you remember that one? I only know from references. Yeah, I was really little when this happened, and I remember it happening, and I remember seeing it on the news, but I didn't know a lot of the details. Wild. So, the cult was led by Marshall Apple Applewhite. Why can't I word with names? Okay, Applewhite. Because they're still words. <laughs> Applewhite, 
He was a music professor who, after surviving a near-death experience in 1972, was recruited into the cult by one of his nurses, Bonnie Lou Nettles. In 1975, Applewhite and Nettles persuaded a group of 20 people from Oregon to abandon their families and all their possessions and move to eastern Colorado, where they promised that an extraterrestrial spacecraft would take them to the kingdom of heaven. So Applewhite and his followers believed the end of the earth was really near and that the planet was going to be recycled, <laughs> whatever that means. And fun fact, Heaven's Gate was, has the distinction of being the first well-known American cult of the internet era. And they used this new technology to share their beliefs with a wider audience and also to make a living. They derived a large portion of their income from designing web pages. So, okay. Formed in the 70s, they had become reclusive by the start of the 1990s and started attempting to recruit members online using their organizational name, Higher Source, for the website. Anywho, the cult's philosophy took its roots from Applewhite's Presbyterian upbringing. His father was a minister and essentially grafted belief in extraterrestrials into Christian theology. Applewhite told his followers that he was the second coming of Jesus Christ that God was an alien, and that they were living in the end times. <laughs> oh, man. Isn't every year an end time for some it, reason or another? It really is. I think somebody is usually predicting it, but we're still here, unless it's the Matrix and we're not. Which I've always wondered. You know, if you ever get into Reddit or Google Matrix glitches, it makes you wonder sometimes. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> but I'm like, uh, just some things. I'm like, why would this be in the Matrix? Wouldn't it be a good life if you're in a game, like a alternate reality? Well, this reality needs to suck because I need to get skinny. Right. Like, that's my thing is we're all hooked up to something. Then why does calories a thing? Mm-hmm. Damn fun if this is the Matrix. I need to redo. <laughs> <laughs> I need to control Z. <laughs> yes. Eat the cake, you control Z, eat the cake again. <laughs> real, like, real question. Do you ever write a lot and you need to control Z? And then in real life, when you're like writing or something, you're just like, shit, I can't control Z. Like, for a second, you're like, oh, yeah, I can just redo that. And you're like, no, I can't. I do when I'm, I can't when I'm writing? writing or just like doing something, you're like, oh, I just want to control Z that. I, I have wanted to, but I never actually thought control Z and then I'm like, crap, I can't. Oh, I'm, I, I'm actually aware that I'm writing versus typing. <laughs> I think it was when I was writing my thesis, that's all I did for two weeks straight was type. And then in my real life, I was like, oh, yeah, I can't just control Z that. It, I, I get it. I, I get to. that it's also like a muscle memory thing. Yeah. Like it's just like a trained thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't do that, kids. Don't write your thesis in two weeks straight. That's, that's not... Don't do it. Okay, anyway. They uh, read the Bible, especially Revelation chapter 11 in the New Testament, a section about two witnesses and a prophecy. At the end of the prophecy, they would have to battle demons, which Applewhite and Nettles called the Luciferians. Applewhite and Nettles were also huge fans of Star Wars and the Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> And they brought some sci-fi to the group, resulting in theories like that Mary had been taken aboard a spaceship and then impregnated with Jesus. That one is the only thing I can agree with. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Nettles started calling herself T, and then Applewhite took the name of Doe. Okay. But there's no <laughs> explanation of, like, why. Uh, and then they started telling people that human bodies were just merely containers that could be abandoned in favor of a higher physical existence. As the spacecraft never arrived, membership in Heaven's Gate diminished, and in 1985, Bonnie Lou Nettles, Applewhite's sexless partner, died. <laughs> Weren't allowed to have sex, but they were like, partners? Like, kind of mar- uh, I'll get into it. In October 1996, Applewhite rented a large home in Rancho Santa Fe, California, explaining to the owner that his group was made up of Christian-based angels. <laughs> you just want to rent your property. You're just like... But Jesus Christ, man, you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> you best stuff to yourself. Applewhite advocated sexual abstinence, and several male cult members followed his example by undergoing castration operations. Oh my God, no! That hurts. <laughs> that hurts me, and I, I don't even have that. <laughs> so, so here is the background. So apparently, this Applewhite dude was a music professor, and then he got fired for having sex with a male student. And then after that, he was like, I'm never having sex again. And then... It's like gayness control. Yeah, it, it probably, yeah. Because he was a minister's kid. She, the Nettles lady is like, join my cult. And then he's, so I guess, to suppress his quote-unquote. I mean, this was the 80s and 90s, so it was not as easy to be out I, I mean, it's not easy to be out now, but it was way worse then. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is probably where all that came from. But he started preaching this whole abstinence thing and then eight followers. Whole eight voluntarily. I know, passed- eight? That's a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pizza. Oh, pizza my of dicks. God. That's terrible. And this is the worst. <laughs> sentence witnesses said they couldn't stop smiling and giggling because they were so excited about it that is like horror film and nightmare galore i i i'm sure the giggling stopped once the knife came out jesus christ well it just makes me wonder if they were on lsd or something they had to have been on something i just can't even I had no idea about that. I mean, I knew about some of this, but I did not know they castrated themselves. And then during the early 1990s, the cult resurfaced as Applewhite began recruiting new members. Soon after the 1995 discovery of the comet Hill Bob, the Heaven's Gate members became convinced that an alien spacecraft was on its way to Earth, and it was hidden from human detection in the comet's tail. Great. <laughs> part i think most people know about is that they were just convinced because little glowy thing behind the comet they're like oh yeah there's totally an alien in there Jesus. believers were prepared to leave earth by boarding the spaceship that was traveling behind the Hale-Bopp comet and they believed that god was actually hanging out in that spaceship god himself he has nothing better to do comet <laughs> But they also believe that in order to actually leave and, you know, hitch a ride with God, they had to make the ultimate sacrifice by shedding their earthly bodies. So, about to get dark. It, it hasn't been dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I apologize, men, for Kina's behalf. <laughs> I know he's died yet. That's what I meant. Okay, well, but I'm pretty sure you would want to. Kina is everywhere, like, fuck you, Kina. <laughs> First death. In 1997, as part of its 4,000-year orbit of the sun, the comet Hale-Bopp passed near Earth in one of the most impressive astronomical events of the 20th century. In late March 1997, 39 members, including Applewhite, died by suicide so that they could ascend to the god spaceship flying by their mansion in Rancho Santa Fe. They spared no detail in planning their escape from Earth, and they were lined up neatly in bunks, dressed exactly alike in black shirts and sweatpants, identical white Nikes, and then purple cloths covering their faces, and they put exactly $5.75 in each pocket. Tied around each arm was this Star Trek-influenced armband, identifying them as the Heaven Gates away team. There's, There's a lot to unpack here. I was curious, first of all, why interplanetary travel only costs five seventy five. So that was the first thing I googled. One theory I found in a JSTOR article by Cynthia Schrager called Mark Twain and the Heaven's Gate says that Mark Twain once wrote that the fare to get to heaven on the trail of a comet was only five seventy five. So that's the theory, if that makes any sense. I guess. I don't know. It's, none of this makes sense. <laughs> none of it makes sense. So you lost me at cutting dicks off. I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is also crazy. Okay, so they killed themselves in shifts, which is, this is also just because every shift had watched the previous shift die, and then they were still willing to do it. That That's the part that I just, not want, not a single person backed out. It's like, their belief in this was so strong. That they were like, all right, let's do this. I can almost admire that in a way. Yeah, I mean, they believed in something. So I've never believed in anything that much. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most religious people would think I'm a weakling. So to believe in something so strongly, I'm like, that is admirable. Yeah. But- oh, just listen to how they did it, though. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So it was an overdose on a combination of phenobarbital alcohol and hydrocodone, and it was probably consumed with applesauce or pudding and then washed down with vodka. And then they tied plastic bags over their head. And then this is where it gets just so dark to me. The remaining shifts would clean up the mess and then take turns. The first shift would go, they would complete suicide. And when somebody dies, nasty shit happens. Usually shit yourself. Sorry. That's just Well and they swallowed all that stuff, so I imagine things are coming from their mouth. Like from all all directions. Yeah. So inside their bag. So horrible. So they would clean them up, put them in their bed. Everybody was facing the same direction. They were all dressed the same, you know, like and then they would put a purple shroud over their face and then they would get ready for their shift. I just I can't concept not the fear of that's about to be you. That's, that's what I don't understand, I guess. But I guess they so believe that they were going to a better place. Yeah. The suicide shifts lasted three days. Oh. Oh. When Applewhite assured his flock was all accounted for, he was the last to go. 
Before the group committed, or yeah, died by suicide. You're not supposed to say committed suicide anymore. I'm trying to be correct. Their website was updated to that also just. Oh, my God. So it said whether Hill Bop has a companion or not is irrelevant from our perspective. However, its arrival is joyously very significant to us at Heaven's Gate. The joy is that our elder member in the evolutionary level above human, the kingdom of heaven, has made it clear to us the Hillbop's approach is the marker we've been waiting for. The time for the arrival of the spacecraft from the level above human to take us home to their world in the literal heavens. Our 22 years of classroom here on planet Earth is finally coming to conclusion. Graduation from the human evolutionary level. We're happily prepared to leave this world and go to T's crew. And T is the Nettles lady. Okay. They believe she was already there. Because she died. And it says, if you study the material on this website, you will hopefully understand our joy and what our purpose here on Earth has been. You may even find your boarding pass to leave with us during this brief window. Yikes. We are so very thankful that we have been recipients of this opportunity to prepare for the membership in their kingdom and to experience their boundless caring and nurturing. So that website's still up, which is also wild. Yeah, it definitely looks like a 90s website, but it's still up. I looked at it and I was like, oh, my God, there's just (laughs) a lot going on there. Media attention, obviously, was just insane for this, and it disrupted the neighbors, and they couldn't sell this house that they uh, all died in, and (laughs) I looked this up. So, the house eventually sold for $668,000. Every house next to it sold for over $3 million. So, imagine getting a $3 million house for $600,000. That's essentially what happened. And then they bulldozed it and rebuilt it from the ground up. They changed the name of the street even to try to get people to forget that this happened. Yeah. And then the owner, the new house is 8,760 square foot home with six bedrooms, seven baths, a guest house, a library, gym, theater, billiards room, wine cellar, and heated stone floors. That's a nice little house. And it sold for $4 million. But all the other houses... <laughs> Sold for like ten million. So even though it's been bulldozed, renovated, nobody wants to live there. It's That's kind of sad. It's creepy, but it's kind of sad too. I, I don't know. Like, it seems wasteful. Yeah, but. I was like, ooh, library. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I know a bunch of people died here, but that's a nice library. One of the weird things I found is that the Museum of Death in Los Angeles, California, has recreated the scene of their deaths. And they have the actual bunk beds from the house. They have the actual purple shrouds that were over their face. They have the actual tennis shoes. And then they've dressed a mannequin up in the black sweater and sweatpants. And they've laid it out exactly how the death scene was. So if you go to the death museum, you're going to see the exact scene. Um, And there's apparently a note somewhere that says that when the artifacts arrived, it had an unmistakable decomposition smell. So, I'm going to pass on that. (laughs) I don't know. I think Ashley talked about the Museum of Death at one point in the early episodes. But, I don't know. I just feel like that's a lot. That's a bit much. To set up a scene of somebody's death with a mannequin. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's just like wax museums and stuff that do Mm. similar things. I think just because this is so sad. 
Maybe it's just the fact that it's their actual clothes and it, yeah. it's felt like know. dead person. I don't, I don't know. That 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 kind of gets me. I mean, I've I've heard the death museums are about not being afraid of death and trying to show people what death is really about and not trying away from it. It might be more preventatory. Yeah. Having something like that. They're like, man, people did this. Uh, And they might end up helping someone where they saw the signs of someone joining a cult or. It's startling. Suicide is a really complicated thing in psychology because a lot of times people will see things. And they used to think that if they saw how horrific it was, people would be swayed from doing it. But it actually caused more suicides. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that was really dark. So I'm going to end it with some more jokes. Why don't aliens celebrate Christmas? Are they Jewish? No, they don't like to give away their presents. Uh, I'm mad about that. <laughs> I'll end up buying stuff for me. <laughs> oh, oh, this is from Merce and Monsters, which is, I love them. It's a podcast. It, he's like one dude and he does sound effects and voices. It's a family podcast. It's really mm-hmm. great. But he says, what do you call an alien with three nuts? What? An extra testicle. An E.T. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> I think this one, y'all, I wish you probably saw my face on. <laughs> my facial reaction. Because uh, it was like, really? <laughs> you did preface it with, it's a very bad one. Yeah. But anyway. it's a, I mean, it's a ball joke. Good ball joke. His name is Classic Kevin. And he's so funny. He's from Scotland, so his oh. accent is delightful. Oh, okay. I think you would enjoy it for, like, story times, because the story he, say he tells, it's like a children's story time. It's really interesting. Oh, I, really de- I will definitely check that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Merce and Monsters. He has an adult version that just came out that's, like, an Al Capone busting out of Alcatraz. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. This is my, uh, I guess, commercial for Classic Kevin. You're welcome. Classic Kevin. <laughs> but yeah, I'm interested. I'll probably watch. I'll probably listen to it. I, I enjoy him. He's my Twitter friend now. I don't know if he <laughs> knows that. I'm like, we're friends now. Don't <laughs> <Okay>, it. <laughs> I know you tell a bad joke to Keena. She's your friend for life. Yes, I love it. <laughs> love a good bad joke. <laughs> I'm always half and half. I'm like, I respect <laughs> the joke, but I'm not gonna laugh at this. Or it's just. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I laugh at basically anything. It's fine. So yeah, that's my alien segment. Alright. Fun stuff. Trying to bring bring up from... Actually, I do have a quick question. Why is it completed suicide versus committed now? Psychologists believe that the terminology... If you say completed suicide, it's they died. Sometimes when you're like committed suicide, it kind of takes away from the actual... Like, the death part. Mm-hmm. So they're asking news and stuff to actually really hammer in, like, they died violently, not that just, like, this is some glamorized Yeah, this thing. isn't a soothing thing, normally. Painful, it's terrible. Yeah, so it's just, uh, but they found that there's less likely for people to do it when you make yeah. it seem Yeah, no, no, there's glamorized. a sort of, exactly, there's always this sort of fad, almost, like a romanticized mm-hmm. yeah. about it. Okay, mm-hmm. if you're in a dark place, get help, mm-hmm. listen to our podcast. Listen to the funny parts. Don't listen to the murder parts. <laughs> we All always right. warn you when there's murder because we're like, murder. 
Also in the past, when we've mentioned suicide, we've added some resources for you. So I want to keep that going. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255, and it's available 24 hours a day, every day. They also have online chats, and a lot of big cities have their own hotlines. There's places you can text if you don't actually want to talk to somebody. Please, please, please don't hesitate to use these resources. And if you don't want to Google, I don't know if it's you don't want it in your search history, just email us and I'll Google for you. Okay, so. I'm actually very curious what your funny is. Okay. My funny is a list. And and you just heard me say, damn it, because I hate articles today. And because I get this one little um, column of text and then everything else is a fucking ad. <laughs> like, And I all of a sudden popped up to where, like, you're a winner. I'm like, fuck off. And I had to back, back <laughs> off. Because I almost lost my notes for my <laughs> article. Uh, okay. I feel that in my soul. And it was really bad today because I was rereading some of the articles because we were on like a little vacation because of the wedding and the holidays. So it's been a while since I looked at my stuff. And, it, and I was looking at this at work and the articles I had pulled up, all the ads that were going on trying to sell me shit that I'm not interested <laughs> in was bogging my computer and it froze for like a good minute. And I was like, God damn, this is terrible. <laughs> like I'm mad at, at my computer. I'm mad at them, the websites. I'm like, God, this is all right. I digress. Let's go to Thrillist. That is the website that this mm-hmm. is on. And here we go. So this is going to be lots of random I guess more like fun facts. So maybe you won't laugh at it, but it's just kind of interesting fun facts about random cults in the world. And they aren't famous ones. I kind of looked at these and I didn't really recognize any. Some are old, some are more recent. And uh, let's just jump into them. So <clears throat> words will be butchered. All right. <laughs> Aetherius, Aetherius <laughs> Society. Sounds close enough. There's a lot of vowels in that word. That's what I just butchered in mine. I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to keep going. That's the one it kicks off on. So when you say that, I'm like, is that the same one? Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, Aetherius Society. It was founded in the 1950s by a former British taxi driver. Aetherius is a new age religion whose beliefs are built around the series of cosmic masters, mostly from Venus and Saturn, control the fate of humanity. Additionally, they focus on heavily on prayer and spiritual charging the earth to make way for the next master, the Messiah figure who will descend to earth in a flying saucer (laughs) armed with magic more powerful than the combined materialistic might of all the armies. (laughs) Crazy as fuck. In other words. (laughs) And that was number one. And so he said that like, that's awesome. And I love that (laughs) description that they have of the combined materialistic might of all the armies. Anyway, so number two is Honohana Sangapogo. Oh, good job. I'm sure I butchered that last one for sure. Hana <laughs> Sangapogo, something like that. It's a Japanese. This modern Japanese sect is often referred to as foot reading cult. Oh, yep. no. You heard me right. Foot reading like a book cult. 
based on the claim that its founder, who also claimed to be a reincarnation of both Jesus Christ and Buddha, wow, could diagnose followers' problems by simply examining their feet and that they would die if they weren't examined appropriately. <laughs> Fun fact, everyone dies. <laughs> like, like, sorry, it's just like, what, what are you stopping? <laughs> Anyways, according to his methods, traits like short toes indicated a short temper, and fat toes meant your life would be filled with good fortune. Where the fuck is my fortune? <laughs> really think mine are short or fat they're very long i have very large feet i, I have long toes i do <laughs> my sister used to be like you're a sasquatch you're a giant and i'm like i'm six feet tall if my feet were any shorter i would fall over yeah you're proportionate yeah they are very large though i can't lie so, if you feel compelled, I would actually really enjoy this, um, and you'd like to share the size of your toes to tell us what <laughs> you think they mean, please put that on our Facebook. I would love that. Uh, if you think you are short to temper and you actually have some short toes, I, I really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> At first um, when you said that, I thought you were talking about reflexology, and I'm like, oh, my dad used to do that in his practice. <laughs> Parts of your foot, if you push it, it's supposed to help different parts of your body. Hmm. It's not helping in my dad's case. Everybody's like, your dad's like a witch doctor. I'm like, no, he's not. He's a religion doctor. It's not helping. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole ruse of this unraveled when followers fought back against the steep $900 charge those men charged these folks for each inspection. $900 to look at your feet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, number three, Chen Tao, otherwise known as the True Way Cult. Chen Tao was formed by a former professor who was clearly insane, this person says, and here's why. His beliefs included that the universe is 4.5 trillion years old. Our solar system was created by a nuclear war. We each have three souls and that humanity has been rescued on five different occasions by God descending in a flying saucer. However, the 160-member group essentially disbanded after a failed prophecy in 1998. 1998, y'all. When founder Hong Bing Jin predicted God would appear on a single TV channel in North America, <laughs> whether or not you had cable, at 12.01 a.m. on March 31st. I have a feeling he didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> they need to learn to quit predicting stuff. Keep things vague. If you want your followers to follow you, keep it vague. But yeah, I Googled it. The Earth is 4.5 billion years old. Okay. So, I mean, at least they're kind of in the ballpark. Well, I mean, I, I, it sounds like a good story. Like, the solar system was created by a nuclear war. So, I'm just imagining this huge space invaders thing. From somebody from another other galaxies that are battling it out, and then it created some, and that was like a big bang. You know, I think it, like it makes an epic graphic novel. I was about to say it'd make story. a great comic book. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about a religion, but a comic no, no, book. No. no, 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 no. This is like movie story. <laughs> this yeah. is what we see in the library. <laughs> Moving Aww. on, number four, Order of the Solar Temple. This secret society. 
Their beliefs and activities involved a mix of early Christianity, UFOs, <laughs> of course, <laughs> New Age philosophy, and Freemason rituals. Oh. They were a mostly peaceful organization with some unconventional beliefs, i.e. death is only an illusion and life continues on other planets, until the infant son of one of its members was sacrificed. Oh. <gasps> Because he was believed to be the Antichrist. Oh my god! Shortly after, a number of people in the inner circle committed mass suicide and others were found mysteriously shot or smothered to death. All dressed in their ceremonial robes. Oh, yikes. Yep. What did the kid do to be like, we, we got the Antichrist here? I don't know, birthmark? Oh, maybe. <laughs> like, witch type thing? Like the witch's mark. Man. I don't know. Number five, freedom mites. That's not freedom rights. That's freedom mites. Freedom, M-I-T-E-S. <laughs> it's like, that's funny. like, like bug mites? Yeah, yeah. Freedom mites. Oh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yikes, freedom mites. All right, guys. Originally <laughs> formed in such a one. Sure. In 1902, after fracturing fracturing of different religious groups who had fled Russia to escape persecution, the Freedomites insist on three different things, communal living, nudity, and anarchy. They became most famous for their all-nude public demonstrations to show opposition to the maternal tendencies of society, and in the 20s and 30s even burned and bombed a whole slew of public buildings, while naked, of course. To show their disdain for the government. Nudist cult, y'all. <laughs> wow. Little naked jaybirds throwing bobs. Really a cult for everybody, I guess. Luckily, I don't think they murdered people. I think their buildings were empty. Though I didn't know. I didn't. I haven't really dived deep into that one. So I don't know. So don't quote me on that. But <laughs> It's insinuating protests, not murderers or anything. Wow. Well, naked protesters basically <laughs> oh that makes me giggle it's not funny it's just the naked parts that make me giggle oh no that's it that's like these are fun facts with a little humor factual humor <laughs> number six movement for the restoration of the ten commandments a breakaway movement from the roman catholic church the movement was founded in the late 80s in Uganda and revolved around the strict adherence to the Ten Commandments as a means of avoiding damnation in the apocalypse. Oh. Among the odder tenets, <laughs> when <laughs> people aren't odd, <laughs> were weekly fasts and the outlawing of both soap and sex. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know, everyone needs soap. Everybody needs all of those. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want I I I bat I bathe to have friends. <laughs> like, well, yeah, uh, I guess it's not hard to give up sex if you're not bathing. Yeah. The sex began to unravel after the world failed to end at the start of the new millennium, as leaders predicted. See, guys, keep if you want to be a leader, keep it vague, resulting in a mass murder involving series of poisoning, stabbings, and massive church fire. Yep. Fun fact, when I got my ministry license, 
to officiate weddings, it was like, start your own church. And I was like, hmm. I, I really want to see a church for dummies book. <laughs> like a, like of, how to start one. Cult of Kena coming in 2020. <laughs> Can the cult be with a K? Yes! <laughs> Kena's cult. Next year. And then when you're done uh, reading your prayers, check out my Kena's Kitchen on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the thing. <laughs> Yeah. It's whatever. And we're talking about number seven. Seven is Aum Shimriko. I yep. have never heard of that. Weird spelling. I will send links for y'all to check these out so you can actually see the spelling and why the struggle's hard. <laughs> Combining extreme and idiosyncratic interpretations of religions ranging from Buddhism to Christianity, Aum was founded in 1984 and considered fairly controversial from the beginning for its doomsday prophecies. <laughs> Another doomsday prophecy. There's, yeah, there's a theme stop. here. <laughs> <laughs> Which involved a third world war. Was it this year? That's what I'm wondering. I'm like, it's trending on Twitter today. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Instigated by the U.S. Then things got violent. Of course they did. Yeah. It was discovered that they engaged in outrageously dangerous initiation practices and were murdering members who tried to leave the organization. The group was officially designated a terrorist group after they were found responsible for a coordinated sarin gas attack on five trains in the Tokyo subway system that killed 13 and affected more than a thousand other communities in 1995. Oh, wow. Yep. That's terrible. I've never heard of that. That's crazy. I know. Well, in 1995, the Heavenly Gate people were happening, right? Around that time? Yeah. 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 So that was what was happening in our yard, and that was happening over in theirs. I guess, yeah. 90s had a lot of colds. I don't know what it was. And we didn't really have much internet then yet. Like, not everyone had a computer at home. Now it's like we carry it everywhere on our watches, our phones. Anyways. Number eight, the creativity movement. Based in Illinois, creativity was officially formed in 1973 to unite white people. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. This makes me laugh. <laughs> to unite white people for a common racial religion. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while much of their belief system involves a naturalist philosophy, and abiding by an extremely healthy lifestyle. Their supreme value is that what is good for white people is the highest good. And it's exactly the type of thinking that has earned them a place on the list of neo-Nazi organizations by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh, Jesus. I think I just threw up on my mouth a little. <laughs> no, it's so bad. They're what's give vegans bad names. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, number nine. Yeah, number nine, John from founded on the island of Tana in the South Pacific. The fascinating cult revolves around the image of the American World War II serviceman who is thought to bring wealth and prosperity to the isolated island. It originated in the early 40s when 300,000 American troops were stationed in the area and armed with tons of supplies and cargo related to their mission. The troops eventually left along with much of their gear, and the followers of John Frum held out hope that they'd return, building symbolic land landing strips to encourage 
other American planes to stop by and bring goods. Well, that's just kind of sad. No. Aww. Yep. Our last one, number 10, Raelism. Raelism, something like that. It probably isn't pronounced like that at all because it's French. And there's <laughs> little dots and dashes above the word. <laughs> <laughs> I need an adult. I need Delphine. Delphine. Do not compute. <laughs> Dear dashes. Yeah, where's Delphine when you need her? Mm-hmm. Our token French friend. <laughs> I actually had dinner with her last night, so this was kind of funny. Anyways. Fun little cult was founded in 1974 by the French race car driver Claude Claude Brohan. Race and <laughs> I know <laughs> this cult supposed to be teaching. It teaches that human life was created intentionally by a bunch of aliens who later sent messengers in human form to check in on things, including oh. Jesus and Buddha. Oh. <laughs> You just imagine Jesus and Buddha being like, leave me out of your shit, dude. (laughs) Leave me out of this. I can't. On the surface, their values are quite agreeable, considering they advocate world peace, sharing, democracy, nonviolence, and a liberal view of sexuality. But they most certainly have their strange side. For instance, in the late 90s. God, what happened in the 90s? (laughs) What was it in the water? Who hurt you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know this is like, who hurt you? What was in the water? And maybe can I have some? Like, what's it a good trip? Uh, Obviously not, because all this ended bad. Anyways, so in the late 90s, the organization founded a cloning company and made the bold claim with zero scientific proof that they'd actually cloned a human in 2000. Oh. <laughs> With no proof. No proof at all. Oh, that's funny. Thank you, race driver Claude. Like, why would, why would they clone? What is the need for that? My favorite part, though, is the fact that Jesus and Buddha are aliens, though. (laughs) And that would kind of make sense to me because their popularity and Mm -hmm. whatnot. I just, it cracks me up. I'm just still caught on the race car driver aspect. I know. Where, where these people come from? <laughs> and then they all of a sudden start being a cult leader. Like, I just mentioned this person that used to work at Walmart, and now they're just trying to read your toes and your feet to see what kind of personality you have. I wonder if there's, like, a correlation. I was watching... This is going to sound like a really weird random shit, because it is random. But I was watching Free <laughs> Solo, and they were talking about how his brain... Like, they did scans... Like, he has no concept of, like, fear, really. Like, he's very adrenaline-based and stuff. So if you think about, like, race car drivers, they're probably the same. So maybe that's, like, a thing. People that don't have that part of their brain telling them, you know, logic. <laughs> I also think they're, like, adrenaline junkies. Yeah. Or, and, and attention seekers. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. I mean, a lot of, uh, like, ego. narcissists. Yeah. yeah, there we go. On the same they, page. They need they need a lot of attention and then they feed off of it. Like narcissistic sociopaths are some of the most dangerous people. So it makes sense that they'd be more of the destructive cults. I mean, we obviously more- like attention, but we have a podcast. We're not doing cults, but there's probably levels. <laughs> like, I don't know. I really don't like a whole lot of attention. Like I think if I met a lot of these people in person, I would be nervous. <laughs> 
Uh, Actually, I know it for a fact. It's not. Except maybe like Jeff and Marissa, because they. And maybe Rafat. Like the, the few people that comment the most, those are probably going to be my least nervous. Or my most <laughs> nervous, just because they do comment. Oh, God, I don't know. Anxiety. <laughs> I just had a whole conversation with myself. <laughs> <laughs> It makes me feel better to know that you have anxiety, too. I, I do. It's just I hide it. it better. When it comes yeah. out of my hands, when I when I meet people for the first time, or I'm nervous, or public speak, it comes out of my hands. My hands shake ridiculously. Uh, I get dry mouth. Yeah, halfway through the wedding, my mouth got so dry. I'm like, oh, God, they're going to know. I'm terrified. <laughs> and I public speak all the time especially like our jobs as librarians we're constantly talking in front of groups of people but it's like smaller groups but it's yeah and it's mostly i don't know if you're just a regular stranger patron i'm not as worried but if i actually knew you back in high school and i haven't seen you in 10 years i'm gonna be so much more nervous i'm gonna avoid you actually what's gonna happen i'll tell you that's why i was more nervous because zeke was there he will judge me he has no filter he will mm-hmm. tell me because he's like, it's a uh, helpful criticism. So I was more nervous because I don't normally do this kind of stuff in front of him. He's never listened to the podcast. He doesn't hear me when I'm beyond like funny and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, he made me more nervous. Although it is a goal. We do want to do live shows someday and we'll be nervous and you guys will just have to drink a lot so that you don't notice the nervousness. <laughs> By then, I, I'll admit, I'll probably turn it off. I compartmentalize a lot, and by then I will just be overly animated. Basically how I am on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But granted, it's like you and I talking, so it's not too bad, but it's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's funny to think that how many people listen to us now. We hit 20,000 on New Year's Eve. 20,000 downloads. That is bonkers. I know it's not just my mom, because she can't download that many, so I know there's people out there listening. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom doesn't listen. (laughs) Still. I don't want her to. It's okay. She wouldn't enjoy all the jokes. (laughs) My mom was very touched by the happy birthday that you sent out last month. And so now she's like, well, I can maybe come on and do a little guest something. And I'm like, okay. Just do a Mother's Day thing. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to us talk about Colt. Hope you enjoyed them. Again. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many more Colts to talk about. We'll have to do this theme again. Mm-hmm. It's really hard narrowing them down. It really is. That's why I do the lists. Yeah, that's really a smart way to do it. And uh, I know David's bummed that he couldn't be here, but he'll be back at some point because he can't yeah. help and maybe not single if one of y'all lucky ladies want to give a shout out. <laughs> All right. I know if you you guys were tweeting about him. And I, I tagged him so he saw it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it was so funny. Yeah, he's very funny. We're still doing the mini gabs with our Patreon members. So if you want to be on the podcast, join Patreon. And, and don't forget our special, special prize, uh, your haunted starter kit. If you want to join in Patreon, if you're already in it, you already in, are entered. But if yeah. you want to join us to get your little starter kit, that'd be awesome. And speaking of Patreon, we want to thank Rachel E. for upping her pledge from Majestic oh. to Brilliant! Yay! Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Rachel. You should be on the lookout for mail, because you'll be getting mail. 
<laughs> I don't know how like nice that was or how creepy that was. Because like listening to, I just imagine like if you're listening to this at work and then you just hear all these little whispers in your headphones, like how how creepy does this sound? Like is it real or is it not? Welcome to the fucking matrix. You're getting mailed. Like you know your address. Look out for me. Yeah. No. <laughs> Noted. That's very <laughs> we can whisper about basically anything else, but <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, we send if you are brilliant and above, we send postcards and we like doodle on them and stuff. So that's yep. what, that's what it. It's not creepy, I promise. It's funsies. Mm. Just when you whisper about it, it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, really but nice. thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I need to go to Bucky's and get some more. I try to find the most Texan postcard I can possibly find, just mm-hmm. like in your face, Texas. So I go to Bucky's. If you've never been to Texas and you don't know what a Bucky's is, you need to Google it because it's insane. It's like a store, or like a fudge shop, meat shop, barbecue. It's like front half of crack the definition of texas basically. yes it is so extra <laughs> they have like beaver and like the beaver is the mascot so they got like we oh went God. to one we were like coming back from fort worth we stopped at one and there was people like putting their babies on the beaver the beaver statue for photos and we're like it's really it's really scary <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so packed but they also have like a hundred and something bathrooms and they clean them every 20 minutes so it's like the cleanest restroom bathrooms you'll ever be in oh damn and they have Very like a hundred yeah they have like a hundred gas pumps so you never have to wait in line it's a really cool place and like really good food you can get like beaver nuggets and just they're like little crispy thing it's really good and the beaver best nuggets? beaver nuggets it's kind of like corn chips but they're like brown sugar yeah really good they're okay. very good I'm thinking of the movie Funny Farm when they tell Chevy Chase like he's eating lamb fries and then he has oh. he, yeah he learns the hard fact of what's lamb fries. <laughs> yeah, when you come visit, we'll have to take that's what since he makes fun of me because I take people to Bucky's because I'm like it blows our fucking minds every time. So I'll take you to Bucky's when you come. Okay, I'm in. It's like a rite of passage in Texas. <laughs> They're only here, so it's like a it's like a thing. And that's patreon.com slash historical AF pod. And there's so much stuff. So much stuff. So go check that out. This, I wrote it down. Yay, <laughs> Keenan. Uh, we're going to have a 20% off on our merch site. Everything will be 20% off between January 8th and 11th. So get it while it's hot and cheap. I'm going to have to jump in on that. I know, right? 20% is good. That's like taxes and shipping. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Totally pumped for that. And also, with the new year, if you guys would please review us on Apple Podcasts and share and all that good stuff. We're just, you know, trying to get out there where people will listen to us. Uh-huh. All that good stuff. And, of course, our social media, we constantly post fun stuff on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, which is apparently how Kina finds friends. Um, (laughs) and that's all historical af pod and yeah we respond and tweet back and message and we post all kinds of funny stuff and memes we are the meme machines yes 
check it out. Correct me at the other day, Frankie suggested us to somebody on Twitter, and he's like, they're highly responsive. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it might be a are. little overzealous on that. <laughs> like, yeah, you're talking to us. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, we're always doing something. Yeah. I think that's it. Is that it? I think that's it. What Close day up. is it? Where are we at? What's happening? No, I think that's going to be my resolution is not be lost anymore. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah. Or maybe more sleep. That should be my resolution. More sleep. I would not be able to function on the amount of sleep you get. I guarantee it. No, I went to bed at three last night. Oh my god. Why? I got caught up in an Asian soap opera. Oh. It's not <laughs> like it's like not a good reason at all. <laughs> I started watching that you on Netflix because everybody's talking about it. And I mean I'm just I get it, but I don't really get it. Okay. Like, I don't yeah, get why people are obsessed it. with it. I like the psychological aspect of it, the perspective from somebody that's he's basically a sociopath, stalker. Like it's from his perspective and he thinks mm-hmm. he's totally normal, so it's interesting. Ooh, something to add. So I've been talking about Gargoyles a hell of a lot. Mm -hmm. And I just finished it, and I hated it. It felt like they cut it, and they finished it too soon. Like, they just wrapped everything up within the last two episodes. Because the second season has, like, 50 episodes, and the first and the third only have 13. Oh, shit, we're canceling, so they wrapped it up super fast. But with Disney+, Plus is so popular now, they're thinking about bringing it back. (gasps) Oh, how cool! I'm excited and terrified because I don't want it to suck. Aw. Yeah, and somebody corrected us, right? She was Native American? Is that what? Yes. I posted about it on Facebook. Uh, the Like, the day after you told me about the tweet, mm-hmm. I posted it on Facebook. Yeah, Miss Amber was really cool about it. She, I, because, I mean, it's an illustration. You can't, it's hard to judge <laughs> what ethnicities on cartoons sometimes. So a while back I said Elisa was half white, half black, but in a later episode you realize you they do an African background, which mm-hmm. is cool, like on her mom's side, and then a few episodes later they do her dad's background, which is Native American. So she is half black, half Native American, which is really cool. And they do the episode is about the spirit coyote, the trickster spirit, and it's just a really cool episode. Really neat. Speaking of corrections, I got one from our holiday episode. I didn't know what a U was, and that U lad was suckling ears. It apparently is a female sheep, not a plant. So it's even more disturbing. <laughs> oh, it is, yeah. Yeah. At so the time, I, I, I wouldn't have remembered. Yeah, I didn't even think about it, but it's our uh, knitter friend on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, which I need to know the history of knitting. I still have not Googled that. <sighs> we need you. Not. We need you to send it. <laughs> oh yeah, send us listener stories. We need we need a lot for February, like all of them. No. Yeah. I think that's it. That was my one correction this week. Oh. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Where's your byzies? <laughs> byzies. <laughs>